0: Hi, and welcome to Virtually Analog, a podcast about video games, board games, and the ever-blurring line between. I'm Lex, and I played a video game. I'm Matthew, and I played a board game. So, usually, I talk about board games on this podcast, and Matthew picks a video game to discuss. Um, But this week, we decided to switch things up on you, and um, yeah, we, we both kind of picked... Something that's a little bit out of our element. We both love games in general, so it wasn't hard for us to <laughs> to you know do that. But um, yeah, it, I think it should make for an interesting episode. So before we do that, uh, we're going to talk about the games we've been playing this week. Uh, obviously, I've been playing a lot of Hades. Um, I've needed to for this podcast, but I've also wanted to because the after the first time I played it, I it just got its hooks in me. Uh, I'll talk a lot more later about. What I like about the game, but uh, pretty much every chance I had last week, I was playing this game. It's it's really really good. Uh, spoiler alert for my my review of the game. I did get some chances to play some board games this week. I played uh, Spirit Island. I played a two player game of Spirit Island, which is designed by Eric Ruse and published by Greater Than Games. And Spirit Island is a cooperative strategy game where you play as these uh spirits on an island <laughs> um, who are working with the kind of local tribes to fend off uh invaders it takes the a a theme which is really prevalent especially in older games where like um you're colonizing places right um and it flips that on its head and says yeah. you know what if what if you look at it from the other perspective And so it's, it's one of the only games that does that. And it's, it's actually a lot, a lot of fun. It's It's a tough game. I've played that one as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, you get to play it. Yeah, Yeah. I played it with Nate when I went to visit him and, uh, it's tough, but it's really fun. It's, I like the aspect of like, you know, you're playing as the land and you're fighting off these invading, uh, well invaders you know the settlers yeah
0: each spirit is different and has different powers and different cards that you use to uh, you know attack the the invaders and uh yeah it's there's a bunch of different combinations that you can do and it's a lot of replayability really really great game uh there is a digital version as well that's made by handelabra and the digital version is very true to the physical board game and it even looks like the physical board game The only um, downside to it is it doesn't have built-in online multiplayer, which uh, you can play Spirit Island solo, but it really hurts my head to do that. (laughs) Uh, Trying to play with multiple spirits by yourself is is tough. I saw on a solo board game Facebook group of a guy playing with six spirits by himself. (laughs) So there are crazy people out there who do that, but... Yeah, uh, I, I highly recommend Spirit Island if you like strategy games. It is not a game for newcomers, but if you're playing with someone who knows how to play it well, then it's it's a lot of fun. The next game I played is a lot simpler. It's probably the opposite end of the spectrum on terms of complexity. It's a game called Second Chance, and it is designed by Uwe Rosenberg, who I've talked about on the show before. Um and he's one of my favorite designers, and this game, this game could not be more simple in its mechanics, but it is also a great game to play with your family, with your friends, Uh even, you can even play this game solo, and what you're doing in this game is you have this grid, a 9 by 9 grid of squares, and there's a deck of cards, and each card has a uh, a piece on it, like a Tetris piece. There's like a single square. There's two squares, three squares. A lot of different combinations of shapes on these cards. And so every round, you draw two cards, and everybody has to pick one of those two cards and add it to your squ- and add it to your your square. You color it in with pencil. The person who can fill up the square the most wins the game. And it creates a lot of these really tense situations where you're just looking for the perfect card to be flipped and you know trying your best not to get knocked out and yeah it's it's a ton of fun i highly recommend it that second chance it was designed by Uwe Rosenberg and published by Stronghold Games so matthew what have you been playing this week so i uh
1: recently got this game shotgun farmers on mm-hmm. steam uh and it's this little indie game i actually found it on tiktok the developer was like sharing all of his updates and things um, and it was crazy, the amount of, you know, the following that he received from that app. And uh, the game got so much hype that it, you know, it appeared on, I think, the front page on one of those scroll bars
0: on Steam, you know, when he first of <laughs> like it. and It's kind of like Flappy Bird and Vine, right? Like Vine got... Flappy Bird. I don't know if you remember this. No, right. Yeah, that's actually good. way to
1: describe it? It just kind of like
0: <laughs> randomly took off. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, well, yeah. And I'm not sure if it's quite to the extent, you know, but right. uh, a really fun game. You're, all of your weapons are made of, you know, vegetables and crops and things. And you oh, actually, yeah. you fire into the ground to slowly grow more weapons over the course of the game that you can harvest. You know, the longer they grow, the more ammunition they have um and it's just a little pvp shoot 'em up um it feels a little similar to other games of the uh kind of i, w- I don't want to say caliber but other games similar engines it's just very tight and fun uh you know first person combat it's been a lot of fun to dive into that and has a fun little community online um As well as that, I've been playing some more Brawl Stars. I picked up Clash Royale again uh, because my brother got me interested in it, and um, that has been a lot of fun. I've also been playing a lot of Jackbox 7 this Thanksgiving holiday since my family's been in town. All of us have really fallen in love with all
0: the games in there, and we've been playing it almost every night. If you want to learn more about Jackbox 7, you haven't already check out our last episode where we talked about uh the Jackbox games and spoiler alert, we crowned Jackbox 7 the king of all Jackbox games. <laughs> so, yeah, um I've been really wanting to buy the 7th one cuz you bought it so that we could play it. Mm-hmm. Uh but I have 2 through 6 and I, it doesn't feel right to buy 7 just yeah. <laughs> but so those are the games we played this week. Moving on to our game discussion. Uh, like i said before i am talking about hades i played a ton of it this week i probably played like i don't know something like 20 hours of it in the past 10 days or something like that (laughs) um it's really got its hooks in me um and so yeah what is this game uh this game is developed by supergiant games which have this it's a kind of a I don't even know if I can call them an indie team anymore because they've created games like Bastion and Transistor and Pyre, all of which, you know, they might have been an indie team when they made Bastion, but uh, but Transistor came out to really high reviews and Pyre was really highly regarded as well. So, Yeah, and it seems to me like Hades has been, you know, the most anticipated out of any
1: of them and probably one of the best successes of Supergiant. So I think you're right. They've kind of burst out of that little... Um, bubble of like early indie gamer.
0: Yeah. 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 Sure. I think it's still very impressive that they were able to create this fully fleshed out gorgeous game with the team that they have. I think that uh you know this is it's a game that feels like a triple A game but priced like an indie game which is what you want out of a video game honestly which is it's what I want out of a video <laughs> game. The game is an isometric hack and slash role playing game with roguelike elements. Now if you don't know a lot about video games or games in general. You, you probably have no idea what any of those things I just said mean. So I'll go through one by one real quick. Um, isometric uh, is a type of camera view where your camera is not directly overhead, um, like looking down straight down. It's kind of off to a side angle. Um how would you describe like Yeah, i'm a, trying
1: to think of like what sort of like angle from the yeah. base not like 75 degree
0: angle but almost that yeah. you know
1: from from the uh, bottom point of the right. focus right like,
0: like if you think of mario you're uh, like a classic mario game um you know that's that's a side scroller you're looking right on the same level as mario and then, you know, if you just bump that camera up, like you said, like seventy-five degrees, or maybe even eighty-five degrees, uh, so you're not looking quite straight down at the character. But like, but then the the other thing that's important about isometric um, views is that the camera is locked. You cannot, you know, like other three D games, kind of move the camera around your character. The camera follows your your character around but you always are looking at the same angle. So yeah, so that's isometric. Hack and Slash is pretty self-explanatory. You're running around uh, with different weapons, just dealing a bunch of damage. And it is a role-playing game in the fact that you play as one character and you don't have any choice over what they look like or anything like that, but you do get to choose like what powers they have and what weapons they use and that kind of stuff. And the roguelike elements in this game, we talked a little bit about roguelike on our last episode, but... Um, some of the roguelike elements in this game are that it's a dungeon crawler, which means you're moving from room to room, killing enemies. Those rooms are procedurally generated, so every room is going to be different with different enemies and different layouts. This game takes place in like short bursts of runs, where when you die, you start right back at the beginning. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's it makes it a very unique gameplay it's not your average type of game. When some people who haven't played this type of roguelike game before hear that you have to start all over, that can kind of be a turnoff to some people. But uh, don't let that turn you away from this game. Every run in this game lets you choose different weapons and upgrades that makes each run feel super unique. And even though like you can get better at the game, uh, every time you play it, you feel like you're playing a slightly different game. And it just... It's really exciting and really fun. Um so to talk a little bit about the plot of the game, you play as the son of Hades who's trying to escape the underworld and find his mother and join the other gods on Mount Olympus. It's a really cool theme that actually makes the idea of dying and retrying again make sense mechanically. Yeah, right? That's <laughs> like, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, like like that's something that like in Mar- like to go back to Mario, when you die in Mario you start over the, the beginning like that doesn't make sense, right? For this plumber to kind of be immortal. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: been plenty there's been plenty of animations and stupid videos and stuff over the years about that, you know? But this one explains the whole thing, you know?
0: Yeah, like when you die in this game, you come back in the house of Hades, coming out of the river of sticks, like saying like Dang it! I died again. And then the characters that you talk to are like, "Oh man, <laughs> that uh, Medusa got you again," or something. You know, Dang it, like I died again. they, yeah. yeah, they, they <laughs> remember the things that you did on the run, and it's it's just really it's really cool. Something you should know before you jump into this game is that there's no real tutorial or intro sequence. It just kind of dumps you into it, and you just start rolling right away. Um, Before and during each run, you encounter more and more characters that uses Greek mythology in a new and refreshing way to build the world effectively, but also teaching you the different aspects about the game, which is super cool because you can play the game for, uh, uh, you know, 10 or 12 hours, and then you'll meet a character who tells you something about the game that you didn't know already. And then you realize that you kind of unlocked another aspect of the game. The game has incredible writing and really impressive voice acting. I I, I think the voice acting is one of my favorite things about the game. Usually I kind of skip dialogue in these games, but uh, because the, the voice acting is so good, I always end up listening to all of it. Um, and it has a very unique visual style. It's very reminiscent of like really good graphic novels or uh, manga. If you're into that, um, it's just, if it's beautiful to watch and, um, yeah, it's also really good to listen to the music and the sound effects are really, really, um, just top quality. Um, the music is a mixture of like classic Greek rhythmic type music that you would like hear in movies about the ancient world. But it also has this mixture of metal music, especially when you're like about to come upon a wave of enemies. Uh, it, like the music, it's kind of like Doom, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're about to face a bunch of enemies and Doom, the me- heavy metal starts like kicking up. Uh, that happens in this game too, and it's it's great. The biggest reason the game has stood out to me has been the boons that you receive from the different Greek gods, or the power ups that you get from like Daedalus' hammer. Like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different ways to tweak your like I said at the beginning of my review here um, there's a bunch of different things that you can do and gifts that you can receive from the gods that power you up in really meaningful ways and that change like how you play the game it adds a really interesting decision making aspect to the game most rooms that you clear give you the option of choosing three different boons or power-ups from a greek god Uh, so like you can get a you can find A a Hermes boon, which can make you run faster or make you attack faster or, you know, charge up your special faster. You know, like it's very thematic in terms of these Greek gods giving you power ups in ways that make sense for them. And so, yeah, like mixing and matching these boons from these different gods is definitely the best thing about this game. And like what makes me come back to it again and again, again, is because it's like. There, I have yet to do a run of this game where I just felt like I got crap boons and, like, I died early, right? That can always be a problem in roguelike games yeah. where it's like, well, I just got unlucky and I didn't find any of the good weapons or yeah, the good power-ups. a lot ups of the
1: time, like, you know, between each dungeon or room or whatever, the difficulty increases, like, not exponentially, yeah. but a lot between room to room. So you really right. need to depend on those first few items or boons or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this game, like, does it it handles that really, really well. And like, there's been so many times where I've come so close to dying and being like, "Okay, I guess this run just wasn't very good. And then I would get one boon that would just completely turn the the run around. And then I would just like BOP (laughs) and run around and kill everything. Uh, The other thing I love about the boons is that if you pick a boon from one god and pick another boon from another god the game has a chance of giving you a special room that has two boons in that from those two gods and if you pick one the other one gets jealous and starts attacking you and like throws enemies at you <laughs> yeah and if you're able to clear off all those enemies the god forgives you and gives you another boon so it does reward you for that but i think it's just like so thematically perfect this idea of these like olympic gods like plotting against each yeah, other and like are so jealous and like childish, <laughs> yeah childish exactly. you know and it's it, it just it's so fun I it's been a long time since I've seen a game that like the theme just fits the mechanics yeah well. So it has so much
1: character know. that's definitely what I've picked up just watching let's plays and you know watching you play and you can really attribute that to like supergiant each of their games is just yeah. kind
0: of dripping with style yeah it really is and I think that they just know how to make games that that uh that speak to that but yeah I, I love almost everything about this game um, uh, the, all the different weapons that you can unlock um, some of them are obviously better than others but if you find certain boons for certain items like any weapon has the chance of being OP and like getting good at a weapon they like they have a reward system to reward you for choosing different weapons and so you can't just pick your favorite weapon and, and I mean, you could just pick your favorite weapon and, and use that for the whole game. But it really encourages you to draw to, uh, to pick different weapons and try different play styles. And um, something I should have mentioned earlier that I didn't was that um, every time you complete a run uh, or you either you die or you escape, you know, I haven't I've yet to escape, but uh, I've gotten close quite a few times. Uh, But every time you die, you come back and you don't have to start from scratch. Uh, There's other like currencies that you can get while you're out and playing that you can use at the House of Hades to upgrade your character. Um, And so you might start the next run with more health or start it with more gold or start it with a stronger attack. I think the best ones to save up for are these uh, death defiance abilities which lets you come back if you die, like it gives you kind of a, a do over, like a mulligan, right? Um, and so, yeah, like being able to upgrade your character and having kind of a tech tree for your character um, really makes you feel like you're getting better and better every time you you complete a run. Yeah, so I love most aspects about this game. My only complaint <laughs> was that I was actually about to beat Hades uh, on stream. Uh, He's kind of the final boss. Sorry, there's a little bit. I don't know if it's really spoilers because, you know, it doesn't take you long to reach to Hades, uh, reach Hades. Um, But I had this combination of boons that was like super OP. Um, It was super overpowered. Uh, Every time I dealt a hit, I would get life back and all of my hits would shoot off lightning and it was just basically I was unstoppable. right? I was an unstoppable killing machine because every time I dealt a hit, I would get life back. Every time my lightning dealt a hit, I would get life back. And so, and I had like ninety health. So, and there's no enemies in the game that can deal ninety in a hit on a hit. So it's like I was just unstoppable, right? And so I got to Hades, and this boss is usually super hard, but because of my boons, I was just kind of cheesing it, and I was about to beat him. And I his health bar was at like. Almost, di- I was almost gone, and then my game crashed. <laughs> and I was, Classic. and this happened on you. This happened on stream. You can watch my reaction of my game crashing as I was about to finally do a full run of Haiti. <laughs> um, and you know, this game is not early access. There's not any real good excuse like this is a fully released game and I get that sometimes bugs happen and, and, and it's fine but it could not have happened at a worse time for me and um, usually that would be enough to make me rage quit a game and never want to play again I put the game down for the night and I and the next day I picked it back up and started <laughs> playing again <laughs> and yeah it's just uh, it's a really really great game and I really highly recommend it to to anybody who's, who's um, interested in in finding a good video game uh i played it on pc but what i really wish i would have done is bought it for for switch because it is on the switch you can buy it for pc mac and the switch uh and it's really a perfect game to play on the switch like little burst of runs um it's it's really perfect for that so yeah anyway any questions about that matthew
1: no i i would just guess that the next
0: day that you did play your build was probably no yeah it was garbage (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a awesome joke. I actually, <laughs> I actually had a pretty good run after that. I mean, like I said, you never really feel like you have a terrible, terrible build. Like they did such a wonderful job designing these boons to really feel like, like you're getting better, and these boons are giving you a boost. And it's just a great game. Um, if you are looking for a board game that's kind of similar to Hades, uh, there's a game that I've talked about on this podcast before called One Deck Dungeon, which actually. Kind of fits the bill. Um, it doesn't really uh, recreate that feeling of having a room full of enemies that you have to clear or anything like that. But every time you, it is a roguelike in the same idea where every time you uh, defeat an encounter, you get to choose, a, a, you know, XP or a weapon or an item, you know, and you you're constantly making these decisions to upgrade your character. And then uh, you know you have this campaign mode where whether you won or you lost, you get to unlock certain aspects that uh, make you stronger for the next time you play. And so, yeah, if you like roguelikes, if you like Hades and you're looking for a board game that's similar, I highly recommend One Deck Dungeon. So, so, yeah. So that's Hades. I could honestly talk about it for hours and hours and hours, but uh, I'm going to stop it there and um, let Matthew talk about your board game that you played.
1: Yeah. OK. Um, so this week I played Just One. It was Thanksgiving and had some family visiting. And Just One was a game that uh, you, Lex, actually recommended to me to pick up. And it was an awesome pick, I think. it, You know, it received Game of the Year. Uh, I'm not sure who decides that, but for 2019, and I think it earned it, whoever did decide that. um, Yeah. uh,
0: (laughs) So there's something called the Spiel des Jahres where, you know, obviously Germans are very passionate about their board games. And there's a committee in Germany of like the top rated board game enthusiasts, and they get together every year and they give out these awards called, like I said, the Spiel des Jahres game of the year. And yeah, um, just one won it. And uh, so I think that that speaks to how like the the accolades that it that it's gotten. So
1: anyway, sir. yeah, it's it's certainly a lot of fun. Um, It's a cooperative party game for three to seven players going with our theme of butchering (laughs) designer names Uh, is designed by Ludovic Rudy and uh, Bruno Sauter and it was published by Repost Production in 2018. So uh, basically the aim of the game is um, one player out of the group uh, flips a card that they can't see and shows five words to the rest of the players. They select one out of five of them, you know, without knowing what the word is and the rest of the group gets to see it and you have to write word prompts. They have to be single words on a little uh, kind of like easel thing that you spin towards Uh, The main player Um, and that player has to try and guess the word that they have in front of them, depending on what everyone uh, wrote and wanted to share with them. So it's a lot like uh, if you've played like heads up uh, or catchphrase or even scattergories in some sense, where you if you match up a word with another player that cancels out and you're not able to use that to help the player guess the word. So yeah, it's a fun kind of like brain bender where you have to really try and think outside the box of how you would normally describe things with other synonyms or just with similar words of that category. Um, and it was an awesome game for Thanksgiving. It's very easily accessible to you know people of almost any age. It really brought our family together to try and get inside of each other's heads and I matched up words with my sister, Catherine, probably, you know, four out of five times we would write something. And so it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You start to see who you think very similarly to and who thinks very uniquely, but everyone typically helps the situation. So yeah, it's a wonderful party game. I would recommend to anybody if you're looking for another simple game to play with family, you know, at holiday times or even friends for, you know, having small parties over, Yeah. Not much more to say about it, man. It's probably one of the simplest games I've ever picked up in terms of like board games, but, uh, lots of playtime. I'm sure we'll be playing it, you know, many, many days to come in the future.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of replayability because usually with like these word association games, once you kind of figured out the words, uh, you can kind of just guess them, but because each card has five words on it and you're randomly just choosing one, you have to get through that deck a lot, a lot, a lot to kind of, you know, memorize all the words on all those cards. Right. So it's like, uh, it's, it's, yeah, you could play that game, you know, every day for a year and you'd still be getting new words. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you said, great, great game to play with family. A lot of times on this podcast, we talk about these like kind of deeper strategic, more complicated games, but in my eyes, I don't look down on these like simpler party games. I actually love these simpler party games. I'm constantly looking for something that I can play with my, you know, grandparents the next time I see them because I, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast before. My grandma is the reason why I got into games. She taught me how to play Go Fish and Old Maid and Trouble and Sorry and you know, a bunch of different games. Um, yeah. And so I love finding games that I can teach her um and and just one you know you can find it at target you can find it on amazon it's cheap it's it's just super accessible and it, it won game of the year for a reason and i think that everybody everybody should play it. and just to like tie it back to our you know video game discussions um you know I think that it feels like a Jackbox game, doesn't it? Like,
1: it's like... It really does, I, yeah. I And that's something we were thinking yeah. about. My siblings and I, is like, it almost seems like Jackbox just kind of rips ideas off of other popular games. <laughs> so who knows? I bet you, know, you Jackbox, Jackbox Party, Party 8 Party pack is eight, gonna... Yeah. yeah, it's definitely gonna just be, it's gonna be called just, you know... Just one word. Solely yeah, Uno you something. Uno.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I would love that, honestly, because... You know, a way to play that game. You can play that game on Zoom, but it's kind of tricky. But uh, to be able to play that with a jackpot, you know, get people getting the prompts on the phone and stuff and automating it, that would be pretty cool. So that's
1: that. Basically, just go check it out. If you're looking for a party game, it, it'll be like an instant excellent addition to your collection. Sure.
0: Okay, cool. Well, um moving on to board game news. First thing is Renegade Studios developed a popular role-playing system, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, and it's called Kids on Bikes, which is basically a D&D version of Stranger Things, which is kind of a snake eating its own tail because Stranger Things has D&D in it, but uh they take this idea of <laughs> you're your role-playing as these kids who are running around um, you know, beating up monsters and getting out of sticky situations that kind of stuff um they've just announced a new board game set in this universe called the Snallygaster situation and it's a cooperative game where two to five players play the role of kids trying to stop a monster from wreaking havoc on your town see stranger things right <laughs> like uh the art is super cool it looks very 80s <coughs> stranger things um and it looks like a cool game, though, and I think if they could have gotten the Stranger Things IP, they probably would have just done that for Kids on Bikes, but who knows. Um, and pre-orders for that board game will start next year. Is
1: it just me, or am I kind of tired of like all of the Stranger Things merchandise? <laughs> and, like, I love the show and stuff, yeah. but yeah, it's nice to have something similar that isn't slapped with the Right, brand sure, or...
0: sure, yeah. I have not played Kids on Bikes, but uh, uh, the friendly local game store in my... My town offers uh, kids on bikes sessions and people really love it. So uh, the game is probably going to be super good. (laughs) The next game is a game that's on Kickstarter right now. You can go and back it and probably get it sometime in the next one, two, five years. Uh, It's a game called Harry Potter (laughs) Catch the Snitch. Uh, It just has it has 11 days left on Kickstarter. It's raised two hundred thousand dollars, which is no small feat. Um, there's a number of good, uh, Harry Potter games out there, but there's none that I know of that it's about Quidditch. Um, so it should, it should be pretty good. One of my favorite video games about Harry Potter is like the old Quidditch game that they made for the GameCube. Uh, I loved that, <laughs> that game. Oh, wow. That's a throwback, <laughs> man.
1: I hadn't thought about that in a while. It lot. was a great, it
0: was a really good sports game. Uh, and it just we makes it that on the PlayStation. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they had it, it on different, um, uh, Yeah. But um, yeah, really, really good. And this board game is probably going to be good, too. Backing anything on Kickstarter, as I kind of as I kind of tongue in cheek suggested a a little bit earlier, backing anything on Kickstarter is always a risk. So unless you really, really want to see this game succeed and get it as soon as possible, uh, I would recommend kind of being worried about about by about backing anything on Kickstarter. But that being said, it's made by Night Games, which they already produce uh miniature games of Harry Potter and the DC Universe. And I don't know how this like small company out of Spain got these like huge IPs, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh kudos to them. Their games look great and I'm I'm excited for this one. I'm probably going to try it. The last bit of board game news. It's kind of board game adjacent. Um, uh, a lot of people are talking about it. If you haven't heard yet, there's a new Netflix show called The Queen's Gambit. It's um, it's a show about chess, which is a board game. And uh, so <laughs> I finished it um, last night. Really, really good show. Um, it's you know it doesn't try to force you to learn how to play chess or like chess strategy. It's more about it's a fictional story about this. Young woman who suffers a lot of loss um, and becomes orphaned early in her life. She develops a problem with drugs and alcohol, and she. But she's also this really gifted chess player, one of the best in the world. And so it's just about relationships and addiction and struggle and um, yeah, and like all of that stuff. So it's really yeah, everything I've heard about it. You know,
1: like I've heard people, just my coworkers and friends and stuff, talking about it. They say it's a really
0: well made show. So yeah. I'll have to give it a watch. Any week. show that hits popular, like, spotlight about a board game, like, I'm all for it. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. All right. So that's it for board game news. Matthew, tell me what's going on in the world of video games. Yeah.
1: So one of the biggest things that happened, I think today, I think it was today or yesterday, the 30th, um, Nintendo World Japan was announced to be opening. Um, February 4th in Japan, specifically the Osaka um, Providence in Osaka, Japan. Um, So we've all been kind of eagerly awaiting just, you know, people have been hearing whispers. Nintendo World is coming (laughs) and stuff. And now we know when it's actually going to be open, even with um, the COVID pandemic uh, still existing. You know, I think their hope is that it'll die down by that time. Um, or maybe they'll just have limited entries. But, you know, February 4th is the date to look forward to. Now, if you're ever looking to make a little trip over to Japan, so.
0: Um, we should, we need to set up that, a, a way for people to give us money so that we can uh, pay for a trip yeah. out to
1: Japan. Patreon soon, you know. All for research for the show, of course.
0: (laughs) Definitely because it wouldn't be be our next
1: podcast. What video games are like in real life. Yeah, exactly. Video games. I mean,
0: it's a perfect premise for our show, you know.
1: (laughs) Maybe (laughs) we can get um, Nintendo to send this out there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hopefully we'll have one of those, you know, situations that random Nintendo employee listens to this show (laughs) every week.
0: Miyamoto, if you're listening, uh, I. Love your work, <laughs> Lifetop fan, and uh, please send us to Japan so that we can uh, do content for this show, for our little podcast. Yeah, send me games, yeah. and I will review <laughs> yeah, them right for you, for free. Yeah. Even. Cool.
1: Yeah, did you want to talk about the next piece of Yeah, yeah, so this one relates
0: game? to me just because um, I've also been playing Baldur's Gate 3, um, and... Unfortunately for me, the devs have come out and said that the next update will break your current saves, which is heartbreaking. Jeez. <laughs> I yeah. knew, you know, the game is an open beta, so you have to expect that. It's like early access. You know, it's going to be buggy. They're going to have updates that might break this. I knew full well going in. And luckily, I haven't gotten that far into the game. So it's not tragic, but um, it's just something to know if you're playing Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, you know, be be ready for that heartbreak. Anyway.
1: Yeah, people can't really be mad if it's already in early access
0: yeah. or in a beta, right. you know.
1: Shame on you if you're... Upset. Sending death yeah. threats to oh, developers definitely. Yeah, The game is great, <laughs> and I'm
0: excited to replay through the beginning, so... It's-
1: yeah. Um, another news, um, something that I am excited about is Doom Eternal was announced to be coming to Switch next week. Everybody knew it was coming. Um, I'm really excited, you know. I have friends with Switches that you know maybe for a christmas present or something i'll gift it to them um just an awesome game so much fun i've never played any of the doom franchise other than the 2016 and doom eternal but they instantly became some of my favorite games so super excited to get those on the switch
0: next week yeah um it's i i, I love the doom games and love my switch and we'll see uh, uh you know We'll see how it runs. That's going to be the big question, right? <laughs> so how's a AAA game made yeah. for the PS4 and the Xbox? Oh, yeah. you
1: know what I just thought what? of? Man, they should have... You know you can find those little collectibles in the game. Yeah. They should have one that looks like Isabel. From <laughs> yeah, I bet they will, man. Exactly. I bet see, they will. Finally, it will be on the Switch, uh, so they have yeah. to have
0: some crossover stuff. Doom is... No, but Doom is Bethesda, is it? It is.
1: It is Bethesda, yeah. but uh, it came out... Doom Eternal came out on the same day as Animal right. Crossing New Horizons. Right, I remember so that, yeah. Everyone... Made a bunch
0: of fan art. Loves <laughs> like right. This. Anyway. All right. If you have any games or topics you want us to discuss, or any comments or questions about our show, be sure to send us an email at virtuallyanalog at gmail.com. Uh, next week, I will be talking about Agricola, and Matthew will be talking about Stardew Valley. You can learn more about our show and watch VODs of our streams at virtuallyanalog.info. You can find where to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff there. Um, you can watch us play games on Twitch at twitch.tv slash virtuallyanalog. You can share the show with your friends using whatever method you like text twitter whatever um and please rate us on apple Podcasts. those two things are the biggest ways for us to organically grow we don't pay for advertising and so uh if you want us to continue this podcast um and and grow the show to what we think it can be then please do those things thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week see you guys